Welcome to the Lose Your Cravings podcast, taking a different approach to reducing your cravings once and for all with your host, Kisa Amaro, Certified Integrative Health Coach. Well, welcome back, my friends. I'm Kisa Amaro, and I help ambitious women manage their emotional eating without deprivation or complicated meal plans so that they can show up fully in their life and their career. And you guys, today we are talking about transforming your why around exercise. And I have a very special guest on the podcast today. Her name is Dr. Alex. She is a physical therapist, yoga instructor, and owner of Evolve Hawaii Physical Therapy, which is a private practice in Kailua, Hawaii. And it's dedicated to helping paddlers, yogis, and golfers move and perform better, get strong and feel confident without pain and injury while avoiding unnecessary imaging, pain medications, and surgeries. Dr. Alex has a background as a registered dietitian and is passionate about integrating yoga, nutrition, fitness, and performance into her PT practice, where she works with clients one-on-one to overcome pain and injuries and get back to the activities they love to do. Welcome, Alex. I'm so glad to have Hi. you on the podcast. And Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Um, I met Alex through physical therapy. I went to her for my shoulder. And um, by the way, she's an amazing physical therapist. Um, Unlike many physical therapists, a few physical therapists I've been into the past too, in the past where it's like, oh, here, just do these exercises and I'll see you in six weeks. Right. It's like, no, she gives like one-on-one dedicated time and attention to your needs, which is awesome. Um, and when we were like, when we would have our sessions, we just would start talking about like health and wellness and food and fitness and all that. And then I'm like, you need to be on my podcast. So we're doing it. <laughs> so Here we are. yes, tell us a little bit about you and your journey and kind of how you ended up where you are. So I am obviously a practicing physical therapist. And like you said, I have a background as a registered dietitian. So I grew up as an athlete and a super competitive tennis player. Um, Athletics and sports were pretty much the center of my life, especially tennis. And growing up, um, and especially towards like in my high school, college career, I had several injuries that landed me in the trainer's room and in physical therapy and kind of sparked an interest in just general health and fitness and especially nutrition and how all of it works together to, um, to affect our bodies and how we move and how we perform. And, um, so i I initially went to school for nutrition and found um, a really, really good passion in that and started kind of working in that field and then feeling like I was really missing a piece of the puzzle um, because I I am so passionate about movement. So I went back to school for physical therapy and that's really where um, I felt like I could spend my day-to-day time in helping people. But about a year and a half ago, I started my own business, helping people one-on-one work through pain and injury um, in a a very individualized setting. So I'm able to use all of the 
knowledge and skills that I've had over the years, including, you know, my nutrition background, my background in yoga, fitness, performance, um, to holistically treat my patients and really help them develop a better sense of like their body, body awareness, um, and overall health and maintenance of their bodies long-term. Um, my whole goal is to allow people to do the activities that they love to do, um, without pain and limitation. So it's, um, it's pretty cool to be able to integrate all of it in a really meaningful way. Yeah. I love that. I love just like the holistic view of it. And like, when you go to, a um, a physical therapist, it's not just about like that area of the body, but it's about the whole person. Um, and that's how we heal is through the whole person. And I remember you telling me when we were working together about like part of the recovery is like not feeling the fear of moving that joint. So it was my shoulder. So it's like, I have to get over the fear of moving my shoulder and feeling like worried that I'm going to like re-injure it. And so it was just like that mindset component too is so beautiful. Yeah, there's, it's interesting, you know, it's like whenever we really think about health long-term and overall, it's um, even if you have pain or an injury in a certain place, it's everything in your body is connected. And that includes like our nervous system and our thoughts and emotions. So um, there's a huge mental component there in your perspective, your outlook, your beliefs, your thoughts, um, which I know is like very much in alignment with how you coach as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mindset. It's all about mindset. <laughs> you guys know. Totally. Okay. So many clients I work with when they come to me, they're over-exercising or using exercise as a means to lose weight. They're like, I need to exercise more to burn more calories, to lose weight. Like that's their philosophy. That's their belief. What happens when we over-exercise and why is it not the best path when wanting to lose weight? So there's a few reasons for this. Um, And this is something that I see quite often. Um, when there's a disconnect between the food exercise relationship. So in general, losing weight is a stress on your body, but so is exercise. And, and stress is actually, you know, whenever we think about change in the body overall, um, and in general, it's change is a response to stress. So there can be good stress and bad stress. And there's a continuum there um, there's a range of what's good and bad. So if, if you, obviously, if you're trying to lose too much weight, too fast, doing too much all the time, there's going to be a rebound effect there. And that, that may be too stress, stressful for your body. Same with exercise. If, um, if you do too little, that's not great. If you're doing too much constantly over time, you know, there are physical ramifications in your body. So um, there's a delicate balance here to get enough of the right exercise to achieve your goals without overstressing your body. Um, But there can be some negative impacts here physically, mentally, and emotionally, um, which are typically what I see. So physically, this can be a general breakdown of lean muscle mass and connective tissue 
leading to overuse injuries. So things like tendon strains, generalized low back pain, knee pain, ankle sprains, um, stuff like that. And whenever we think about health and longevity, building and preserving lean muscle mass is a key component. So if you're over-exercising and in this constant state of depletion where we're not able to preserve your, your lean muscle mass, um, more stress and force gets put through your tendons and joints, which can cause injury. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like the mental and emotional part of it, a breakdown in that relationship between yourself and exercise um, is usually what I see when people view food and exercise as either like punishment or reward. So almost like a transactional relationship there. Um, When exercise isn't viewed as a tool for health, it, you know, if you're doing too much of it, if you're constantly over-exercising, I think subconsciously people start to avoid it because it's seen as a punishment. It's like, well, I don't want to do that. Like, I have to, I need to, I should, you know, you start telling yourself those things and it can trigger other emotions related to some other type of punishment or, um, you know, there's a whole cascade of emotional responses with that or um, just feeling like it's not something that you're doing for yourself, but something that you're doing to yourself. Mm. Yes. Oh my gosh. So much wonderful information there. I've heard (laughs) the stress continuum. Like I, that's such a beautiful visualization for stress of like, you know, positive stress, negative stress, and there's a continuum and really finding that right amount of exercise without over-exercising. So the right amount of exercise for you to reach your goals without the over-exercising. So finding like, Mm -hmm. where are you, where do you need to be on that stress continuum as far as nutrition and exercise? Um, totally. And then and this also- is something that that that's something that can be really hard to find. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you if you kind of been disconnected from your body or you feel like you've been in that hamster wheel of over exercising, mm-hmm. um, it can be difficult to find. Well, what is the right amount? Because you're used to this over like way, you know, out of range amount. So in some ways, your body does get used to that. Um, so there, there's a process of relearning there and that that's when guidance helps, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And yeah, I think too, and we'll get to this in a minute, but like the, the fear of, if you're working on that balance, like that fear of gaining weight, like we have this idea in our head that in order to lose weight, I need to exercise more. And mm-hmm. so when we reduce our exercise, we have a fear that we're going to gain weight, um, and it's it's so interesting because like as you're talking, I can relate this to like our relationship to food, like our relationship to food and exercise are very similar. Um, I also love how you said like sometimes this like the mental emotional relationship to exercise is transactional, um, like a transactional relationship. And we start looking at it as like, I have to, I need to, I should and these things, like those three words that you said, like are like that is like gonna backfire on you so bad. Um, when we yes. start, 
justifying exercises. Like I have to do this. I need to. And I can remember, I can remember thinking that like we were chatting about our, before we recorded, we were chatting about like our kind of past history with exercise and like, I can definitely remember, like, I have to go to the gym. I need to do this or I need to do this exercise or I need to work out. So, so yeah. For sure. For sure. It's kind of like, um, I, th- I think there's some like guilt and comparison that is kind of intertwined in there too. And, and these are parts, these are emotions that I don't think, you know, whenever you have that for and about yourself, it's, it becomes something that is darker than what it should be. You know, um, movement is something that is a gift, you know, and to be able to like move your body and exercise, I mean, really kind of shifting the way you think about that can be so powerful because you move from these, you know, like I said, darker feelings of guilt, punishment, um, should, you know, need like all of that stuff to more of something that's like more about empowerment, strength, um, pride, accomplishment, success, you know, and that translates to other areas of your life too. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, I mean, it's such an important mindset shift to shift what you just described and how your relationship with exercise will just like 180. Once you start shifting your relationship and your thoughts about it, it's it's going to be amazing. Um, so what are some signs of overtraining or overexercising? Yeah, for sure. So um, this is something, and I mentioned before, like, you know, if you if you feel like you've been disconnected from your body in some sense, or you feel like you've been on this hamster wheel of over exercising like how do you know if too much is too much or like not enough um and at least in my practice you know I work with really active people and so I see these things I see these things a lot actually and I've I've had them myself in my body whenever I was over exercising as well um but one of them one of the most identifiable ways is generalized fatigue that doesn't go away when you're getting enough sleep. So if you're tracking your sleep or you wear, you know, a watch or an aura ring or something like that, that tracks that for you. Um, and you're getting good quality sleep seven to nine hours a night, and you're still just dragging every day. You're so tired. Maybe you have low motivation to exercise, you have low motivation to like in your professional life or in your home life. It's just kind of like your sparkle has kind of gone away and you're just tired all the time. Um, Sometimes you'll have generalized joint pain or stiffness. So you may feel like, oh, like everything just aches all the time. I stretch and stretch and like I do my exercises and all this stuff and it just doesn't get better. Um, you may notice a plateau in your exercise progression or sport performance. So if you play a sport or if you're following an exercise program and you feel like, oh, I'm just, I'm getting weaker. (laughs) I feel like I'm getting weaker. I can't lift the same weights that I used to, or can't run as long, or I just feel like 
I just kind of can't get it together. Um, that may be a sign. Also, repeated illness. So if you're if you're like, oh, I'm just prone to getting colds all the time, or I always get sinus infections, uh, and I just, you know, I kind of just have several times a year, like you know, not several, but five, six or more times a year where I'm, I'm kind of down and out with some type of a viral thing. Um, that can be a sign as well, just that your, your body isn't probably isn't nourished enough, isn't recovered enough for your immune system to really work like it should. And then also, um, I mean, I guess most commonly what I see are injuries related to it. So when you're fatigued all the time, maybe undernourished, under recovered, you're way more likely to have a tendon type injury. So um, a rotator cuff injury, a knee injury, hip pain, um, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, one of those underlying root causes may be under recovery. Um, again, something that you may notice too, if you're tracking your sleep is that those wearables will also track your resting heart rate. So if your resting heart rate is, you kind of know what that is. If you start to see it just creep up pretty consistently and maybe it's, so mine is usually in the, you know, around 60 resting. If mine starts to creep up to 65 and then 70, 75 or something like that. And it's just kind of hanging out there like, whoa, okay. I, I, you know, I need to dial it back a little bit in my training. Yeah. Those are, I mean, I want to say they're like, um, these signs that you share with us seem obvious, but I feel like when you're in, they don't though, they're <laughs> totally not obvious. <laughs> like, they're not. And it's, it's so, like, yeah, you're like, it's so interesting because it's like, it seems all of these things, all of these things seem very general and it's really easy to create another why that they're mm -hmm. happening. Like, oh, well, I'm just tired because I went to bed late or maybe I'm just um, not sleeping enough or I'm not getting good quality sleep. Um, but, you know, whenever you think about your week as a whole and how much training you're doing, if you're not getting at least two rest days a week, complete rest days, not like active rest days, um, that, you know, that's, that's a huge factor in how much time you're spending. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing those with us. Um, so how are over-exercising and their overeating or emotional eating related? How do those kind of connect with one another? Overeating and over-exercising emotionally. I think they have some of the same parallels like um one of them I think is that they both have an emotional root so what I see with over exercising and what you may see with over overeating is that they both can be used as a tool to escape emotions that are triggered by something else so um kind of using it as a way to feel better about something. So whether that's that emotional, like chemical release in your body to feel better, like physically, uh, with exercise, sometimes people do that. Um, or even more, 
of a sense of control about a scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I was, when I was thinking about this, I'm like, I feel like both of them are like a form of control, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that be just our relationship with food, whether we're restricting and then we binge, like it's like we can have control over the food we eat. We can have control over the exercise we do or the amount of time we spend in the gym. And then also this idea of like either trying to prove yourself or like this this belief that you're not good enough, right? And so we overexercise. We try, we're just trying to obtain some sort of maybe physical like look, uh, like your body, you're trying to lose weight. And so you're overexercising and under eating, um, which then leads to overeating. Um, and also too, like the the more like if you're over exercising, it can increase your appetite, which is going to lead to overeating. Right. Because we're totally. trying. To like, oh, I shouldn't be eating. I shouldn't be eating. But then your 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 hunger is increasing and then you end up overeating because you're not allowing yourself to eat more food. Right. So, so yeah, there's um, def- I mean, definitely connected like exercise overeating, over, well, I should say over-exercising, not just exercising, but over-exercising, overeating and emotional eating. It's all connected. Um, For sure. So if over-exercising is not supporting our long-term health and longevity, what should we do instead? So this is a really good question. Um, And I think it's actually pretty nuanced. So I think it's all about finding a balance. Mm -hmm. So in general, our bodies really crave movement on a baseline level. Um, But honestly, not too much of any one thing. Whenever I see clients with pain and injuries or or problems with their health, many times it's because they're overdoing one aspect of their movement. Um, But our bodies need, you know, kind of a, a good mixture of strength training cardiovascular exercise, mobility, stretching, um, stress management practices. And this is because we have different systems in our body that all work together. So movement is not just a one size fits all thing. Um, It's very, you know, individualized and depends on your body type. It depends on those internal systems and what you know, what naturally you need more of, or you need less of. So, um, most importantly, I think it's, it's, um, for, for health and longevity, it's finding something that you love to do. And that brings you joy because health and longevity is, is really thinking about that long-term, long-term health basically. So consistency over time is the biggest predictor of success. And when we think about health and longevity over a lifetime, so many years, you're more likely to continue doing something if you enjoy it. So um, if you're punishing yourself, if you're doing things that you hate because you feel like you you should do it or you need to do it, or um, it's going to make your body look a certain way, that all that kind of stuff is fleeting. You know, that's very short term and um, long term, your body has certain needs. And and if those aren't in alignment, then that's 
that's a disconnect. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything that you are saying. I think balance is so important. And like you mentioned before, if we've been over exercising, we've kind of lost that connection of like, what does my body really need? Because yes, our bodies are going to crave movement. And so almost it's almost like we need to, and I like do this with nutrition too. Like when we restrict food, we're ignoring our internal signals of like when we're hungry, when we're full and like this intuitive way of eating that we all are born with that just gets shoved to the side and silenced. And so we need to just reconnect with that and find that balance of, you know, not just like what foods are, you know, fueling my body, what foods feel good in my body, but also like that exercise component of like, what exercise do I enjoy? Cause like looking at that mm-hmm. longevity, like I remember in college, I was telling Alex about this before, like I would go on the cardio machine for like 45 minutes and then go lift weights. And like, there were times when I'm like, how am I going to do this for the rest of my life? I could not wrap my head around it. And same with diet too. It's like, how am I going to do this for the rest of my life? There's no way I'm going to be able to like not eat sugar for the rest of my life or restrict calories for the rest of my life. And so it's, we have to find that balance. It's so important. We have to reconnect with our body. That's, um, I feel like I have said those exact same things to myself about both diet and exercise, where it's like, you're doing something because you feel like you need to, or you should. And you, it's like overwhelming, like, oh my gosh, you know, I, how can I keep this up? Um, but whenever that shift happens and it becomes more about something that like you want to do and you look forward to doing that maybe is in community with other people that you love, or I don't, you know, there's a lot of different factors there, but that is when it becomes your lifestyle. And when it's part of your lifestyle, it's not something that you worry about or you're overwhelmed about continuing because it's just part of who you are and part of how you live your life. I love that. That's so beautiful. Like when it's just part of your lifestyle, you're you're never worried about, can I do this for the rest of my life? <laughs> <laughs> it's just part of who you are. I love that. Um, okay. So many of our listeners, including me way back in the day, um, think that we need to exercise longer and harder in order to lose weight. So creating a sustainable exercise program, finding that balance may feel counterintuitive, right? We're like, this is wrong. I need to exercise more. Um, Because when we cut back, we think that we aren't doing enough. So how do you create a sustainable exercise routine, whatever that looks like? And yeah, what does that process look like? So in general, a sustainable exercise routine is, it may be different for everyone. Um, And oftentimes it is, but there are a few key components here. Um, So it should leave you feeling good and energized, but challenged in a manageable way. So um, again, that, that kind of reflects back to that stress continuum of of enough, but not too much. Um, If you're finishing your exercise sessions feeling exhausted, like you can barely move, um, completely depleted, dehydrated, just totally worn out, 
um, dreading going back to the next session or the next day, the intensity is probably too high and it may not be a modality that works for your body. So the process I go through with my clients to build a sustainable routine takes into account their preferences. So what you like to do, what feels good in your body. Um, you know, some people love high intensity weight training and there is a, there's, you know, kind of a point to where it's like, okay, let's, yeah, like that. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but let's figure out how to do that in a way that's not too much and that you get some other aspects in as well. Um, Another thing is what your schedule looks like. Mm -hmm. That's a huge predictor of consistency and success. You know, if, if something is way too much for your schedule and you just don't do it at all, or you just go back to old patterns and routines, then, then that doesn't work either. Um, and also what your body specifically needs. And this may be the thing that is probably most helpful with guidance because, you know, there's, there's some science type of stuff that you need to know to really know like, okay, like actually what is it that my, my body needs? And whenever I, um, build these for people, it, I usually do a movement exam to see, you know, like what, what is your body capable of? What is it lacking? What are the limitations? Um, and that sort of thing. And what is your routine already look like? And then I see, okay, well, you're doing a ton of cardio and some yoga. So let's add in some strength training. Let's add in some walking. Let's add in some low impact stuff. And then, you know, you kind of think about it as like a big pie where we're trying to fill that pie with all the things you need versus only having a few sections. So um, another thing is that for all of my clients, rest and recovery are key components of that. Um, that's when all the repair and rejuvenation and improvement honestly really occurs. So, um, you know, big picture looking at, okay, what are the modalities of things that you need to do, but also what does that look like during the week? When should you do those things? When should you have rest? Um, and that sort of thing. And like I said, it's very individualized. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's Yeah. That's a beautiful process. Thank you for sharing that, Alex. And yeah, I think, yeah, it's going to look different for everyone. And that's how like nutrition is the same way. Mindset work is the same way. It looks different for everyone, just depending on who you are as a person, your needs, your schedule, your time, all those things mm -hmm. we need to take into consideration. Um, and then I was laughing when you said... <laughs> If you finish your like session and you feel exhausted, like you can barely, move. <laughs> I remember finishing CrossFit workouts and just laying on the floor and just being like, <laughs> I am dead. Not <laughs> That's like, like such a thing. Yeah, and not being the able to sweat angel today. Like, yeah, like I love CrossFit, but you can easily get swept up into that like mentality of like put it all on the line. Like you need to go all out, give it all you got. And then like, once I had a baby, I'm like, but I don't have any energy to take care of my baby. Like that takes energy physically and mentally. So like Absolutely. I definitely have to, like, scale back. Um, but yeah, that's, it's all of you out there who are like exhausted, feel like you can barely even move, like chill, 
step it back, <laughs> find some balance. Um, okay. So I know I personally had a huge mm-hmm. year. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and like, Okay, I think you froze. Are you back? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I'm back. That's okay. No worries. Um, okay, so I know that I had a huge fear okay. that I would sorry. <laughs> gain weight when I shifted the way I exercised and started approaching it from this perspective of, you know, what what do I feel like doing? What does my body want and need today? Like really like listening and tuning into my body. So when we stop over-exercising and we start exercising in a way that serves us physically, mentally, and emotionally, will you gain weight? Because that is a big fear of many listeners out here. This, that is a huge fear. I've had that fear myself. Um, And I think, you know, this is, to be quite honest, I think for some, there may be a shift in what's going on metabolically um, from, but for more of a long-term view, I, I don't think so. So if you're, um, you know, in the trap of over-exercising, probably doing too much cardio, struggling with overeating, um, that food exercise balance for weight management or even weight loss is, is going to be kind of off. Um, But when you're moving in a way that really feels good in your body, that you enjoy, that truly serves you, um, I think you're more likely to find that consistency that you need to not fall into the yo-yo of too much exercise and then not enough. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but a huge factor in achieving weight management and, and even being able to kind of dive into a weight loss effort is knowing and being able to find balance in your intake and your exercise levels. You know, it's all, of, it's all about balance and being really intentional with that. So um, I think whenever you have a, a better sense of your exercise and what's right for your body, you're able to have more control over that balance. 100%, 100%. I think it's, yeah, definitely all about the balance and your, your body is going to find its homeostasis. That's how I feel. Like once you address the root cause and you have to get to that root cause of like the over-exercising, the relationship with food. Once you address that, your body is going to find this, this place that just, it just feels right. It feels good of like, how much I'm exercising, how much I'm eating. And your body is just going to find, and it's going to be like, I, this is, I feel good at this weight. Like there's just this beautiful, I think I don't say magical thing that happens, but <laughs> I agree. It, it kind of is. Um, and sometimes that's not the view of yourself or your body that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, is another process of shifting your mindset about as well but 
I think the best, the best feeling ever is, is feeling that like kind of ease within your body of like, Oh, like I'm doing, I'm doing enough. Mm -hmm. I'm fueling my body. I feel good. I feel nourished. I feel energetic. I feel like I can fully be present with my family. I can fully be present in my career or home life. I'm, you know, it's, it kind of frees up your mental space to like really enjoy life. (laughs) Yes. Like when we're not obsessing about working out, when we're not obsessing about calories, what we're eating, what we're not eating, you have so much more time, mental energy to focus on other things. Like it is amazing how much you can do when you're not obsessing about working out, when you're not spending two hours in the gym every day, when you're not obsessing about calories and all that stuff. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally, um, you know, at the very beginning when you were kind of introducing yourself and you said without complicated meal plans. Mm -hmm. Um, so like the same thing goes for exercise without like complicated and over like overdoing exercise plans and these crazy workouts and all of this stuff. It's like, okay, when you release that and you find, you find that sense of homeostasis in your body, what actually feels good? What actually do I need? It's, it's almost like pretty simple things Mm -hmm. fall into place. Yeah, it is. It is. We just have to trust the process and let go. You have to be mm-hmm. ready to let go and trust the process. Yeah. And like not to plug us, but to have somebody <laughs> support you along the way is going to be so helpful. Just saying. It's, yeah. It's like the efficiency is, is key because it can, it can be that process can be super frustrating. Um, you know, the trial and error thing, maybe and you might see this too, the, the, um, rebound weight, weight gain, weight loss kind of thing that can be so discouraging. And the same thing for exercise of trying something new, maybe getting hurt, um, not knowing what to do. There's, there's a lot of, it's like uncharted territory. So having a guide is, is like the, one of the best investments, I think. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So I'm all about mindset and shifting your mindset when you want to shift your actions. So what mindset shifts do you need to make in order to release the need to overexercise and to really focus on that balance in exercise, exercising for longevity? So I think like one of the, one of the things I've like consistently turned to in this conversation is finding balance. And, um, and one way to do that, I think is to focus less on the day to day and more on the long term. So like shifting from what feels good, like, what do I need to do now? Um, maybe like more of that, like day to day transactional relationship of like, how much did I eat? How much do I need to exercise or I'm trying to look this way in this many weeks or whatever that is and kind of zooming out and um, kind of imagining what you want to feel like in a year, five years, 10 years from now. 
Um, so imagining what your life is like, what, what is that going to look like? What are the things that you want to do? Are you, you're going to want to, um, go hiking with your family or feel really good in your body to go to the beach or whatever it is that, or continue to do a sport that, um, you know, if you're over exercising constantly now, how likely is it that you're going to be able to do those things in 10 years, you know, and, um, really just redirecting to that balance now. And maybe that's focusing less on intensity at any one workout, but knowing that like the things that you do over a week, a month, a year, five years, 10 years, those all add up. So, Mm -hmm. um, bringing more intentionality to that. I love that. I love that. What about like, um, like maybe like a relationship to food and exercise, what would like a mindset shift be around that? Would you say? Um, I think one of the biggest and most probably most effective things are to disconnect. And, and we've talked about this before, but to disconnect the, um, the relationship of them being transactional. So Mm -hmm. what that really means is, Oh, well, I ate this much today. So I need to exercise this much to burn it off or to counteract it or whatever that means. Um, kind of viewing your, your nutrition, your, what you eat as a totally separate thing as your exercise routine. So your exercise routine kind of in some ways should be kind of on, on autopilot, like, okay, like I know, yeah, like aside from what I've eaten today, like this feels good in my body. So I'm going to, today I'm going to do yoga tomorrow. I'm going to, or yeah, tomorrow I'm going to do my weight training and go for a walk. Um, but that doesn't change based on your intake for that day. Yes. Yes. I think that's so important. And I could reiterate that forever. So everybody listening, (laughs) (laughs) think in, like say it over and over again. Like, and as a teacher, it's like, you have to repeat things over and over and over again before the student gets it or like teaching it in different ways. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with repeating this because I think it's such an important, um, important thing for people just to like, like just look at it and see what is your relationship between exercise and food and how do you look at that? And is that serving you? And mm-hmm. just that in, in and of itself is so powerful. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, um, whenever you know, I think there have been times personally in my life when I don't think I even realized that I was creating those connections between food and exercise and really in really operating in a transactional way. Um, but like totally separating it has been such a freedom for me. Um, and, and it's like, kind of know, uh, taking, taking everything that you teach your clients, you know, that's, that's its own wheelhouse. That's its own like path. And then your exercise routine really, um, it doesn't need to change if you 
like feel like you had a slip up. If you feel like maybe you overate one day, your exercise routine does not need to go off the rails too. And just like way overdo it or way underdo it. You know, it's like, okay, let's um, like try and maintain that balance here. Yes, definitely. All about balance. I'm going to read balance, (laughs) but that is like, um, so in revisiting your why, maybe it's like, yeah, I want to find balance in my life. Like that's why I'm going to work out is to find this balance. So, well, Dr. Alex, it's been a pleasure. You have shared a wealth of information for our listeners. I'm so glad that we got to do this. Um, how can listeners find out more about you? So you can visit my website, evolvehawaiipt.com or follow me on Instagram at evolvehawaiipt. Uh, I also teach yoga locally and host mobility workshops at local gyms. If you're interested in working with me to optimize your movement, create a sustainable exercise routine around physical limitations, pain, or injury, just send me a DM on Instagram, and I'd love to start a conversation with you. Awesome. Awesome. I will put all those links in the show notes um, for our listeners. Once again, it's been wonderful chatting with you. I feel like we could chat forever, um, but we do have to respect everybody's time and... (laughs) you have to say goodbye oh it's been so much fun and this is like such a needed and like necessary conversation so thank you for having me yeah you're welcome okay bye friends bye